Mr. Tay Jr. Welcome to another episode of Talk That Smoke. I'm your host, Whirlwinds Francois, co-host Kyle Anthony, and we got a very special guest host joining us today. Twice, twice beats man in the building. Twice, how you doing today? First of all, thank you for taking the time to join us, man. How you doing? What's going on? Good. Thank you for having me here, man. I really appreciate you guys and taking your time and um, give me the opportunity to go ahead and uh, talk about this today. Yeah. yeah, man, no doubt, no doubt. It's great having you on. Again, thank you, for Kyle, for reaching out um, and getting him on the show. Really do appreciate you. Um, so if you guys are ready, we got a lot to unpack. Be careful now. Don't choke on all this smoke. So twice, Kyle has told me some great things about you. He said that you're a DJ, you're a music producer. So I wanted to ask, what made you first get involved in being in music and becoming a music producer? Well, to be honest, uh, as a kid, I, I always had a passion for music. You know, um, I grew up in a, in a family with uh, all music musicians, and uh, my mother first. Uh, she's been um, she's um, she's a writer, so she always you know she always wrote songs. And um, as a little kid, you know, she always sang to us and um, and taught us some vocal lessons and so forth. And um, it, it started from there, to be honest, and it, it never stopped. You know, it's, it was something that always was one of my things, my passion whether I went to work and did something different, I always bounced back into the music, you know? So it's always something going back and forth. I always came back to the music and I, I have a passion for it. Um, I like the music, you know, and I, um, and now that I know so much more, um, I'm even more passionate and it's been more easy. It's a lot more easier now. So it's not, you know, it's not something like, um, it's not, it's, 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 a, it's a no brainer. You get what I'm saying? So now it's a no brainer. Before it was a really hard thing to do because it's like a lottery. In order for you to get, you know, your music heard, and in order for you to get to one point, uh, you had to basically know somebody, or you had to be very good, you know, to get signed, you know. And not to say that I never got signed. I mean, we we got the opportunity to get signed at one point in 1995, you know. Um, but it was not a good thing for us, you know. We didn't understand the business at the time. Yeah. As as kids, it's hard to understand that, you know, if you don't have anybody, an advocate that's looking out for you to explain you know, everything from like the fine print to, to agreements to, uh, you know, all the ins and outs that people don't always see, you know, people mostly see the glamorous side, but they don't see the business side and the business side is a lot tougher than most people realize. Yeah. What are some of the things you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. That, and what I was saying is that's the mistake that, you know, we made back then um, when you were younger, you know, and obviously because there was no opportunities, um, People were hungry, you know, we were hungry back then. So when you're hungry, uh, you take anything, you know, and you don't go looking for lawyers to help you out because obviously back then there would be like $200 an hour and something you couldn't afford, you know? So you go ahead and you make the decisions for yourself and and pay the consequences later. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're working on now? Because, you know, now that you, you're well-seasoned and you have so much more experience, you're, you know, what, what are, what's the latest thing that you're up to? Well, uh, I've learned to uh, work with different artists. Um, to be honest, because of COVID and all this, um, I learned a lot more um, how to actually work with artists um, not being here in the studio, mm -hmm. for instance. You know, so 
Um, I learned how to, you know, uh, take the vocals, abstract the vocals and bring them to um, my lab and basically able to create exactly what they wanted. Um, it was a lot more easier because I didn't have an artist sitting here with me, uh, basically in my ear. No, I don't want that instrument. No, I have to put this one off. And, you know, that's that's the difficult, that's the most difficult part for a producer is to work with an artist, is to, you know, to find the right, you know, the right momentum, the right song, the right, the sounds they want. And as an artist, I mean, as an artist myself, I understand, but um, as a producer as well, it, it actually helped me out. It, it gave me a different view in a different perspective way of how to utilize um, vocals and putting them together without them being here mm -hmm. actually helped me a lot more because I was able to concentrate and mm. put that, you know, and basically make that come alive. So right. now I've been working for, I've, I've done projects. Um, for instance, I have a few projects that's up now. Uh, uh, for instance, I have uh, uh, Love love Yourself um, and a very, very talented girl. You know, her name is Ariana. And I'll be honest, you know, she didn't think it would come out like this. We didn't think, it would, you know, it would go this way, but um, it went this way because I, I was able to, you know, sit down and basically make some magic happen because I, I didn't have her here in my ear. You know, and normally when you have a producer sitting there, it doesn't really come out right, you know, to be honest. It's going to take about 50, 60 takes, you know, um, but now it's easier for me. So I think technology and I think uh, COVID in a way, because I didn't have to have them here. Not that I, I love you guys. I do love you guys, but. It's easier for me to work by myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, yeah, I mean, but I'm sure there's there's been times, though, when, or have there been times where you feel like, oh, you know, that that real-time, that in-real-time feedback from the artist being there to vibe together. There's the, the, is there something missing when you're working remotely, when you're working separate at all? Anything you feel is missing at all? I'll be honest. I, I, in the beginning, yes. In the beginning, it was a little bit. It was a little bit difficult to get to that, you know, to that transition, um, because it's not easy. You know, when you're starting something new, and it, it's it's not easy. Uh, to be honest, it was. I was missing the uh, maybe the enthusiasm, you know, of, of them. I was missing the uh, the energy, you know, the physical energy. Um, when you do something, they're like, "Wow, yeah, that's it." But mm -hmm. um, I was not missing the uh, the critics, you know, and uh, the critique about it. So. You know, it actually helped me out, to be honest. And it's, it's, it's easier, you know. It's just a lot more easier. Okay. I, I got a question for you twice. Um, You mentioned about, especially with COVID now, you were able to do things on, like, you know, work by yourself and with artists sending you vocals. Now, have you ever come across or work with the artist that was just difficult and, like, you you know, he has a sound and you produced it for him. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't really like the sound. And you produce a different sound. And you think that that sound that you made is like, hey, I feel like this is a better sound for you. Has there ever been a conflict with that? And if so, how are you able to manage that accordingly? <laughs> good good question. And that's really good. That's good. <laughs> it's happening now as we speak. Um, I have one now. I have an artist up in South, uh, South uh, Africa uh, by the name of Popsy. I'm still working with this guy. He's been, you know, off and on. And I'll be honest, um, this guy, um, he's, he's talented. I mean, this guy's really talented. He knows exactly what he wants. Uh, and I give him all that, you know. Uh, I've sent him a few, you know, beats here and there um, that goes with what he was doing. But um, it was very difficult because he wanted a certain sound. You understand? And, you know, I understand it because as, as an artist, 
I was an artist as well. I know that you want a certain sound, right? Um, but how I was able to work with it is just to convince him to understand that, you know, it's, it's best to be original than to sound like someone else. And um, most uh, artists that come to me, want it, they come to me with an idea to sound like someone else. Or mm -hmm. someone, or they always come with, I want this to sound like this. And it won't be specific like uh, an instrument or anything like that. It will be an artist compared to an artist. So I say, you know, I tell them, you know, it's not good to be like so-and-so because basically you are just going to be another carbon copy. Right. You know what I mean? And, um, and what happens with those people, you end up going to the back of the line and you end up being um, stereotyped and everything doesn't work out for you because they, everyone starts to look at you like he wants to be Drake, mm -hmm. you know? And it could either work for you or sometimes it could either backfire for you, you know? But most, most of the time it will backfire, to be honest. As I've been, you know, in this business for about, you know, 30 years, to be honest. And I've seen it, you know, I've seen it happen. And a lot of people, you know, have great music. They sound like Drake. Let's say, for instance, he might sound exactly like him, but the people don't like his look or they might say something, you know, they might have some credits behind it and it, it didn't work out. So, but I find myself working with artists that uh, I helped in creating something new and they have better uh, views out there and they also have better um, fans, you know, they have real like loyal fans. And I noticed that the ones that went out there that sounded like so-and-so, they're not doing that well, <laughs> to be honest. You know, it's kind of funny um, that, uh... I, and I, I, I'm kind of thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking this, uh, I, for lack of a better word, like this copycat syndrome, whereas for years and years, the, the powers that be in the music industry will always, basically they have in mind, oh, we want, we need the next, this one, the next, that one, you know, let's try and get them material like this. Let's try and get someone that sounds like this until the fans say, oh, yeah, they sound just like that. That's hot. And then it's like, then it backfires. Then it's like, well, why are you trying to, why are you biting off of this artist? Why are you trying to be this person? You're not this person. You know what I mean? Oh, you're not original. You know, so it's it's always, it's, it's kind of a fine line between being um, original and not being, and, and not being quirky or not being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? um gimmicky you know you have to find that you have to walk that line where it's like you don't want to be you know something like a one-hit wonder that's uh, you know all gimmicky or just the, you know whatever and then at the same time you don't want to base your career your sound on someone else's that's you know come and gone but it's you know it, it that is that's probably the biggest irony you know yes it is <laughs> it is and uh, unfortunately um some of these artists have to learn the hard way. And, um, and unfortunately, no matter what you tell them, I mean, you know, you have an opinion, but you really don't have an opinion on their career. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're just the producer, right? Uh, so um, yeah, the producer is important, but not as much for them. And depending who you're working with, as obviously, you know, depending who you're working with, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say all of them, but most of the guys that, you know, I work with and that come across don't really, um, don't have don't have a, a self uh, image or something that they want you know that they created themselves mm -hmm. so most of them want to sound like some someone that's already out there and of course like you said a lot of these artists uh, a lot of major labels 
will say, oh, I want the next Drake. I want the next, you know, uh, Beyonce, let's say, for instance. Um, well, uh, by the time they get to that point, Beyonce's already played out. Beyonce already has all those hits. And guess what? There's another new Beyonce that's out. <laughs> and um, now you're behind a few other artists. And guess what? Now you're in the line. And the line could be really long. And then it's like, basically, you know, if you sit down with a bunch of people and you want to spread the bread, right? And you already have spread the bread. How much more can you spread the bread if the bread already has been spread, right? <laughs> so now you got somebody coming in and saying, hey, I'm going to be one of those other legs too, just like you. And he says, well, guess what? The bread has been spread already. So who's going to give him more? So basically, he ends up in the back of the line with no bread. Now he's just a, a featuring artist for free everywhere he goes. Right. And that you don't want to do. That's the biggest mistake. And I tell people this all the time. The biggest mistake is to, one, um, you don't want to portray to be someone, um, you don't want to follow anybody else. Uh, the best way in, in making anything happen for yourself is to be original. Always be original. Built on what originality you have, built on your best skills and best part of your, you know, your music style and work on that and stay focused on just that one thing that you like and um, that one thing that you're really good at. And once you dominate that, you can create whatever you want and flip it around so many different times that you can create something totally different that nobody has. Mm. But you have to focus on that one. And if you don't, that's that's where the problem is at. And that's where I get most of the guys coming in with, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this, and I want that. But guess what? It's too many different angles. And you don't sound like an original person. Now you sound like Drake, you sound like Beyonce. You like say this too many, too many. You have to sound original. It's, it has to be original. Oh, that's yeah, you brought up a good point, especially with artists trying to mimic each other. An example I thought of was Designer when he first came out with the hit song Panda a couple of years ago. Everybody thought that was Future. And now we have got, you know, Rest of Soul, Pop Smoke. We have this new guy, Dusty Locaine, who's a local Brooklyn rapper. Everybody says he's, they sound, he sounds just like Pop Smoke. So in terms of originality, what if an artist came up to you like, listen, there's so many sounds that you heard of, you know, deep voice um, rappers, mumble rappers, you know, high pitch rappers, stuff like that. How, how do you tell them, hey, you need to sound original, but they're like this, all the original stuff has been taken in terms of the sound and stuff like that. How, how do you like portray them? Like, okay, you have this, you know, like kind of example, uh, not example, kind of this copycat voice of like, when Pop Smoke came out, everybody thought he sounded like 50, but he had a deeper tone to him. How do you tell artists, but okay, you kind of sound like this artist, but we need to give you some type of originality so you don't be like, you know, the second coming of this guy or look at the second coming of, the, of so-and-so. How do you, what do you tell them then? And how do you work with them on that? Um, normally, to be honest, uh, it's, it's crazy how you mentioned Pop Smoke. Well, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. I got to actually meet Pop Smoke uh, before, you know, he passed. Um, and, um, and, you know, I'd be honest, I'm talent, talented guy, very talented guy. Besides that, you know, he was good, a pretty good dude, you know. Um, I, I tell you honestly, that's why he made it. The reason why he made it, obviously, is because of the fact that, um, oops, excuse me, sir. <laughs> um, okay, I almost got off. Uh, the reason why um, he made it was because, you know, he was he was far smoke. He was different. He was the one that, you know, pulled out, brought that voice back again. Uh, obviously, 50 Cent was out there doing the same thing, similar at his time. But Pop Smoke perfected it, right? So there can't be another Pop Smoke. Now, I had people come over to say, hey, listen, they sound like Pop Smoke. And I had that uh, uh, same uh, same artist. I mean, I have those type of people right now. And I tell you, uh, it's very difficult because you cannot tell these guys 
to change. Because what happens is these guys already have been practicing to be that artist. And not that, you know, they, they copy from Proper Smoke is that it was a coincidence that they were doing that style. You follow me? So what happens is that that's their, that's, that's what they know. Mm. You can't tell an artist something that they know and switch them. Now, what you can do tell them is you should try to switch, you know, the way you, the, you, you, you swing it. You follow what I'm saying? So what I do is instead of telling them, hey, listen, you, you start too much like this guy, you shouldn't do it like that. I tell them, yeah, you should swing it different because I'll, I will tell them, Paul Smoke did it like that. Why would you do it that way? Swing it different because you have to be different. And, and I will explain to them, if you're different, you have a more opportunity to get out there. If you sound like this guy, you have a, maybe you, you're gonna come across to a big credit. You're gonna come across a lot of people that might not like you. And um, you're gonna have fans that like this man so much that they don't want anybody to sound like Pot Smoke anymore. You know, They just wanna hear that Pot Smoke. They don't want nobody to be like him because it's only him. And now that he passed, you know, some people like that. They just like, nah, don't, you can't be like him. You know what I mean? He's the only one. He's the only one that ever sounded like that. And we only listen to his style like that. You just, you just, you just want to get on it because he died. And or for instance, you know, that's what people do. And they go, oh no, you just on it. You just on it because you want to get that those sells like him. And just because he's selling now, you want to do that. You know, same thing that happened to Tupac. A lot of people did the same thing back then. They wanted to sound like Tupac. Hmm. And those people jumped on it and said, let me sound like him because you know what? He's selling big. But that's not the way to go. And I tell them that's not the way to go. So, you know, uh, I see the point of view that they have and some of them will look at it as business. Some of them will look at it as a craft. And that's the problem. Some of them look at it as a business. Wait, he passed, I'm gonna sound like him. Even though they have other styles they can sound like. They wanna sound like him because they know the money's there. And that's the wrong idea to do. That's, that's, what, that's what you don't wanna do. You wanna create something original so that way you can sound like you. And I keep telling them always originality is the number one thing. When you, um, back in the days, the record labels will tell you, we want original people. We're looking for original artists, someone that we've never seen before, something different, right? So that's what gets you signed. Not to say that getting signed is a good thing anymore. And it has never been a good thing. When I got signed, I got signed to a slave contract, you know, and nobody understood. What's a slave contract? Basically, you're an in-cap filler. And nobody understood what I meant. And they was like, what is an in-cap filler? Well, in-cap filler is basically what um, they'll take your, they'll take a few artists and they'll say, basically, um, I have to pay taxes to it. And the big companies have to put out a certain amount of music at a certain amount of time. They have to put about a, a certain amount of music out. So you become an in-cap filler. And basically, they don't, put, they don't push you on that. They don't push no promotion on that. They don't put any marketing behind that. There's basically what they do is fill out, fill the um, in caps on all the, um, let's say for instance, the stores back in the days. And that's how they did it. So now in these days, they do the same thing, but they do it in streaming. So they do it on streaming. So they'll take a couple of good artists and they'll put them up there because the company needs to have a certain amount of artists and they have to make a certain amount of uh, capital. And then they'll actually um, tax it in the end of the taxes and they'll get that money back. So they'll, they'll claim it in their taxes. Mm -hmm. So people have to be careful when they're in the business on what kind of you know, agreements or what kind of contract you're signing. You know? And that's why it's important. I learned the hard way myself. And this is why I tell everybody, don't go up there signing anything. 
you know, make sure your lawyer knows exactly what, you know, is on the table because you can fall into the wrong hands and you might think that it's a good thing because you get signed with Sony, but Sony is only going to use you to fill their end caps because it's a tax bracket for them and they have to have a certain amount out. That's it. You know what I mean? And that's a hard thing. No, that, yeah, I didn't, that, thanks for, um, for sharing that piece of information. I didn't know that. Uh, I want to talk to you. Uh, I want to ask a question about like, in terms of contracts, I remember T-Pain said this, I, I don't know if it was on his podcast or it was, he had a conversation with another celebrity artist, but he said that, um, that record label companies made about, I think it was in somewhere billions of dollars and artists only got like 12% of that. So, and then you talked about, you know, be careful when you're reading, what would you say to look out for, for new artists? Like, Hey, you know, you've been blowing up, you're sounding pretty good. You're getting some followers, you're getting some momentums. What would you say to look out for, like in terms of, you know, percentage distribution rights, you know, how much they would give you in terms of uh, studio times, terms of, um, I believe, art, I believe, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have to make a certain amount of albums before they let you out of your contract so you could go independent? Like, talk to us a little bit about that because obviously you're the expert here. Okay, so <laughs> good thing you brought that up. Okay. So it's funny because um, I'll just give a quick story, quick, a long story short. You know, when I got signed, uh, we got signed with uh, Panic Records, uh, distribu distributed by uh, Polygram, Polygram Records. Okay, um, it's really crazy because um, we didn't like the contract we had. Right? Um, obviously, we fell into the wrong contract because we knew the numbers were they were little. I mean, we talk about uh, I think it was something like point point five percent. I mean. I mean, I'm really telling you, when I tell you a little, I mean, a nine to five uh, would have been easier. So, you know, when we seen that, we didn't know. So they basically, you know, eh, they took us for a ride. But the problem was this, I produced most of the tracks that I had there, right? And um, I, when I found out it was too late. So uh, in order for me to get out that contract, <laughs> I had to, I basically, I had to give them the rights to all the songs. And if I didn't give them the rights to the songs, I would, I would have to have had to stay there another three years. And that's the contract was like for four years, four years. It was like three albums. Uh, it was supposed to be a three album. I think a five single, five singles and three albums, something like that for the five years, for the four, four years. I'm sorry, for four years. Um, so we were stuck because it was in the beginning of the time, you know, when we first noticed. So we already still had, we still had like about three years to go. And we were like, whoa, what are we going to do? And we didn't know because we had other, uh, you know, other um, offers on the table, and these offers we were not able to touch them. We didn't know the music business, so we went over there and we're like, "Yeah, we'll sign it." They're like, "Are you signed with anybody?" Yeah, we signed with them. They were like, "Wait a minute, uh, can you, you can't get a release?" And I was like, "What is a release?" And they're like, "No, you have to actually get a release before you come and work with us." And I didn't understand what a release was. So I, at the time, I was like, "Well, what is a release?" I am released. I'm, I left the thing. I just left the building. You feel me? I didn't know what they meant. And they're like, no, not that type of release. I'm talking about release. You know, you have to have this on contract that you're not going to be with them no more and that they allow you to leave. So you mean they got me like this? You mean they tell me that it's like I'm locked up? You know what I mean? Like in prison, they just, yeah, you're basically in, in the music business. You can't do anything with nobody else without them knowing, without their permission. And I was like, are you serious? So what, what should I do? I asked, you know, the lawyer. And it says, I don't know, man. You got to, you got to, best thing to do is talk to them and see what, you know, what they what they will do for you and most of what happens with these companies is once they sign you 
it's really deep. It's deeper than you think. So when what's assigned you, it's just another story. You know, it's it's so difficult. It's like being in the mafia. You know, you can't get out just like that. So and it was a real difficult thing for us. So uh, we came up with a conclusion that if I give them all the rights to the song, and we have nothing to do with it, and give them the rights to our look, give them the rights to the name of the group, that they will give us a release. And happened to be that that worked out for us. Not for everybody it will work out, but it happened to work out for us. So I was able to grab my my you know it was a band, so it was a you know I was one of the members. My brother was one of the members. And then there was another. There was another member. I was able to actually get the release for all of them, as well as myself, to get out of there. And that was my my offer on the table. It's not only a release for me, but the off, the release for everybody to get out because they also wanted to get out, you know. Uh, and this is after we did some shows and we thought we were going to get paid. We started to see the money flowing, but not for us, you know. And this is there was they were, they, were, they were telling us that this is just promotional. You got to do a promotion for a year before you even get paid. So I didn't know this. And we didn't get paid. You know, we left our nine to fives. We left everything. And we were going down the drain by the second. And we were like, wait, but we got no money for bills. Oh, don't worry about it. It's coming next year. Maybe we can't wait till next year. You know what I mean? So it started getting worse and worse. And so, you know, I learned the hard way. And I tell everybody, don't go signing papers immediately. Don't go signing papers without a lawyer. You have to go and seek an entertainment lawyer, sit down with him. And you have to make sure he's, he reads those fine prints for you. And the fine prints got to at least, I say, a reasonable in a contract with a major record label, something from 25 to 30% is something reasonable, you know? Um, and you have to understand. And now because of the, you know, everything is open now, it's easier now for us to, you know, do our own. I've learned what they really go through. So at first, I really didn't like them as much. But I actually took a little bit of like back. And I say, you know what, I'm, I'm not, I'll give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt because it takes a lot of work um, just to get a, an artist to, you know, to, from point A to B. And it's not just, you know, the looks, the pictures, the production, the, you know, the distribution, the copyrights, the publishing, the, you know, the marketing. It's so much behind that. And I, and, and doing it myself now, I understand what they were, why they charge so much money, you know? All of these things, well, a lot of people also don't know is all those things come out of the artist's pocket. Nobody is, there's no major label that's paying for all of this just to help you. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna hold it against you and, and collect on the other end. You know, it's basically a loan. Surely they will, surely they will. Believe Talk about they will. The, 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 the different, the, how much easier it is now to, you know, how much, uh, has a, a, a playing field been leveled now that uh, you have streaming platforms, you have uh, all these different forums and, and uh, ways that make an independent artist and producer uh, make it easier for them to get their music out, distributed and, and marketed and so forth. Oh, wow. My God, thank God. Thank God we got to this point. And I didn't think we would ever get to this point, to be honest. I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to be striving all my life looking to get signed again, um, which is, you know, and now these days it's a lottery. You know, it's a lottery, especially with the talent that's out there. There's so much talent. I mean, it's so much talent that I, I can't believe. I think everybody's a singer now and rapper in these days, you know? I mean, if you come across at least one person a day, they're either in the entertainment business, you know? So uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, but 
now it's so much easier. Um, yes, as far as, you know, easier to get your stuff out on the platform, it's easier to get your music heard, it's easier to, to do promotion for it. The only thing is that you have to have some capital in your pocket, honestly, for everything. Uh, when you go independent, when you go underground, it's a totally different situation now. Um, it's a great situation because you're doing it yourself. But at the same time, you know, like I said, the capital, and it's a headache in some ways because you have to really know um, what you're after and you have to know how to market yourself. Um, not only to market, but you have to really be out there and you have to be able to, um, to network. Um, not only market, but you have to network. And the people didn't understand it. Networking is important. Why is that? Because by networking, knowing people, let's say, you know, if you know that person, you know, you have to know someone, right? So if you've got that one person, you know, you have to know people out there. And that's why network is important because just falling into the right hand, sometimes might it, it might be a lot of for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you're going to give them the rights to your song or anything because now you're controlling everything, but it's a lot more easier because now you have TuneCore, you have Emuse, you have uh, so many distribution companies that are now allowing to put your music on a platform the same way the major artists get it there. So you basically, it's like underground versus, you know, um, the Indies, right? So you got these, you know, you got these two that are actually being very compatible. They're compatible now when back then it was never compatible. You know, obviously back then when you was underground, you were underground. And when we mean underground, you were down there. Nobody knew who you were. And um, that's what they call it underground, right? But now underground has been able to come up and um, been able to compete with them because of all these new platforms they put out. And it's a great thing they put out because now they have platforms that do basically distribution that puts all your music on every platform, just like they did for the majors. And then you have a marketing company uh, companies out there that have campaigns that do the same marketing that they do for the majors. And so you have campaigns that do marketing from the majors. You have the same companies that do distribution. You got the same, you know, uh, marketings that do for movies and so forth, and, you know, and platforms like that. So it's become very, very easy when it comes down to putting your music out there and you get to speak to more people. You get to speak to your people, you know, um, your own people. Uh, you get to um, interact with your artists. I mean, with your, uh, your fans, which, you know, back then you were not able to do that. Uh, thank, thank God to, you know, Instagram, you know, of course, you know, um, Facebook and all those other platforms they have out there as well. Without those platforms and without these other platforms, there was no way that this was going to happen. And thank God that these platforms uh, arrived and came up. Now you're allowed to do that. Um, who first started it? To be honest, the first person to start this, I mean, the first people to start coding and doing stuff like that was Amazon. And Amazon uh, had actually opened the doors for all these distribution companies. And they own the rights to all the codes. They own the rights to all the coding and everything. So they actually started to give you know um, other opportunities to um, companies like um, Muse, like you know, like TuneCore. If you see, if you look those up, TuneCore, uh, City, City Baby, um, stuff like that. Those are platforms that actually put your music on, uh, you know, um, on the on the radio. They put it on the um, on the uh, distribution. They put it on every uh, platform you need it on. Well, the yeah. good thing is this: that you get um, you get you get to see it with your with your own eyes, raise, rising. And it's not like you know you got the record labels telling you, well, you know, we're doing this and this for you. But you don't see what they're doing for you. Now you get to see what is happening in front of your eyes and what it, what you need and what you don't need. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So it's easier. 
Yeah, you you uh, you mentioned TuneCore a couple of times. It's companies like that who who will not only get your music on these different streaming platforms, but they'll also help you manage your money. You know, whatever revenue that you stand to earn, you know, you get that. You're not splitting that uh, ninety ten with a major right. label. You know, um, and you mentioned CD Baby. This is kind of funny because you know they're. The, the, the name of the company, CD Baby, it's kind of ironic considering they're no more, <laughs> they're really no more CDs. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> but, uh, you, and another thing. control for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, when you talk about um, having, having access to all these different streaming platforms, um, a lot of people don't realize you still have to, like you mentioned, you have to market this stuff because if no one knows it's there, it's one thing to get your music to say your music is on Apple, it's on Spotify, but it's another thing to say that you're getting spins because people, if people don't, not spins, but streams, because if people don't know it, it's there, then they can't find you. Then Great point, Kyle. What, what's Great the point? point? Great point, Kyle. I have a few of those guys here with me, right? They did the same thing. Now, I, I, I don't know why, but I explained this to them a few times, you know, and they seem to not really understand that when I tell them, you have to not only put your music out on the platform, but in order for others to hear it, you also have to have a marketing campaign behind you yeah. and to push that into the audience. Yeah. And that's why Spotify became a real good um, avenue for, for that, because Spotify got so many tutorials and so many different things that is actually good for, you know, for an artist, for an independent artist that basically takes your music and puts it in the ear of those, you know, individuals that you want for the agenda that you're going for. And, you know, they have, they, they, they basically, they strategize very well and they, they their strategies are really good. Um, I give them a lot of credit now because they come from a small, they came from down from the bottom up, um, you know, uh, many years ago, they were not the way, you know, it was not like that. Um, Spotify is doing really good at that, but believe it or not, um, not only Spotify, but the the the, the second one runner, the second runner up to Spotify and, and doing stream sales, and nobody understood. And I I couldn't understand this. It's TikTok, and um TikTok is big. Actually, they say TikTok is actually going to go over uh, Spotify uh, within next year. Um, they're actually selling a lot more. Um, and then you have a lot of new artists. Of course, you have a lot of discoveries there because it's not only music, right? You know, so there's the, the platform is there. So now is the time to basically do this because all the platforms are there. So I tell people, when you wanna get your music out, this is the time. We in a, a transition time. So this transition is great for new artists. You have to take control now because we don't know what's gonna happen later. This may be locked down and become a major like they did in the majors, where then you might have to be a certain, you know, you're gonna be a certain, you have to be a certain way to get there. You might have, a, you might have to have a certain number just to get a, a distribution. You understand what I'm saying? God forbid these, uh, you know, the, some of these platforms decide to merge and then it becomes a whole other story. Uh, the same story as uh, back in the day with labels acquiring other labels and becoming huge corporations that you can't escape. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to get through with that. Yep. 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 And I did. Good. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to ask you, so especially now with the rise of independent artists being able to uh, put their music out on all platforms. 
if I came to you like, hey, you know what? I want to become an independent artist myself. What tools do I need? Especially can, if you don't, I know FL Studios is expensive. I believe it's like three, $400 to download. But what other alternative routes that could be, you know, less cost ex expensive to an artist? Like, can they edit and make their own song using, say, like Adobe Audition, for example? Um, another example, I know they need beats don't go to YouTube and get free type beats <laughs> and, and put it on and then record vocals on it and put it on a track because they can be like, even though it says free, if you get money from that, the person going to, they see that they hear that they're going to come after you be like, Hey, I produced that beat. You need to cut me my share of that, especially if you start making some money. So what um, advice would you give to a up and coming artist to say, Hey, you know what? I go and do everything myself. They have the tools, they have the equipment but they need, you know, somebody to make beats for them. Where can they go to get, you know, cheap beats uh, from, from a producer? Where can they go to get, you know, a good startup software, uh, audio editing software and things of that nature? Okay. So I, I, I've come across a few artists like that as well. Um, I tell you honestly, I, uh, my opinion, I mean, my, my, my thing to them was this, and I, you know, it's my opinion because I, I, this is what I did. Uh, when I first started, you know, when I didn't do B, so I didn't have, let's say, for instance, sometimes you don't have time, right? Um, so, um, you know, I downloaded like SoundClick, for instance. There's a, there's, a, there's a site out there called SoundClick. And there's, a many, there's many more out there. There's new ones too, like AudioMac, uh, SoundClick. Um, you can actually go out there and um, you can uh, buy out a B, you know, for, for as little as 30 bucks, you know? And the, the B is yours. It's completely licensed to you. You can get the uh, royalty free, it's royalty licensed to you and all. And you can actually take that beat into a recording studio if you didn't have one, for instance, and you will pay just for the vocals to be laid down. And you and it will charge you, let's say, for instance, depending how long you know it takes you to go ahead and you know drop those vocals, that's what you're paying for. And then you know, the mix down, if you really wanted to get it mixed down right, you'll have to pay to get it mixed down. And then from there, I will, you know, I, I advise them to take it from there to a platform like, you know. Uh, Tomb Core to start doing the distribution. But before they do distribution and everything, I tell them, make sure you have enough uh, songs because when you go out there and when you start, uh, basically you can't start with one song. You know, it's just not not even a, it's one single. For instance, a lot of people just want to go one single and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to work on this one single. You can't. That's not, that's very impossible. It's very difficult unless, you know, you have a great promotional team behind you and you really, really hitting this hard. But you then they're gonna ask for more and you have to be ready. So I say, you know, go out there. If you're gonna go out there, go buy at least, you know, an album worth, you know, 12, 10 beats, you know, and work on that. And then work on your, your pictures and your portfolio. Um, most importantly, a lot of people don't understand you need an EPK, which is an electronic press kit. You have to have an electronic press kit. Um, it's basically like your bio and you have to have a great bio. I, I tell people to go to five, Pfizer, Fiverr. Uh, there's a, a company, uh, there's an app, it's called Fiverr. And um, this company, basically what it does is it, it's, um, it's a bunch of freelance uh, uh, professionals, freelance from A to Z. You can get anything from A to Z there. So basically what you do is you look for someone that does professional EPK for recording artists. Um, you, can, you can get one done for like 30 bucks, uh, 50 bucks. Or 200 bucks if you want four or five pages, depending. But they make them really beautiful. And these are these are guys that already work in the industry, that already work for companies doing the same thing. But they freelance on the side to make extra money. They will do it on the side for a lot more cheaper than they'll do it for the company. So you get them there. 
So I advise everyone, go there. Oh, you need a lawyer? Go there and get a lawyer. You need a, you know, a art arts? Go over there and get arts. You need something for your car ride, you know, car for the uh, Spotify car ride? Get them there. Get it? Get them there because that's that's where you're gonna find all the freelance uh, people that are actually basically uh, helping out, and um, it, they're really helping out to be honest because they're not charging you what they're charging the companies. If you see what they're charging the companies, you go, oh, well, I can't afford it, but because you have so many of them coming in, they're able to give you that for a lot less. So you know. One thing is go to Fiverr. The other thing is, um, I'll be honest, uh, there's this, this many, this many avenues. Now, the other thing is, the next thing is if you want to do yourself, you want to be more original. You don't care about nobody else's beat, right? You're a beat maker. I say GarageBand is free. And if you have, only free for those that are using Apple. So any Apple product. So if you use, um, let's say, for instance, um, anything that has to do with Apple, because the garage band, you know, Logic and Garage Band are from Apple. All right. So if you use Garage Band, uh, you can actually, if you have an Apple, you can get Garage Band for free. Garage Band is, is exactly what Logic Pro is. I use Logic Pro. Logic Pro is one of the best, is actually compared to, you know, to Pro Tools. Um, one of the best, FL Studios is compared to that as well. Uh, so, you know, there are programs out there that are not costly at all to put your vocals in. I say the most important thing is to, uh, to invest in on the microphone and invest on, on basically your interface. Make sure you have a great interface. Uh, make sure you have some good mics. So that way that, that way that compression of your voice will work out when, it, when you put out that, you know, that record that, that, you know, it sounds like a record, you know what I mean? So you have to have a great interface. You know, you can't go out there cheap. So, you know, you want to make it, you got to put some money. You got to put money behind you. You know, that's what I tell everybody. You know, nothing is free for life. And as an independent artist, you have to actually invest in yourself. Mm. So it's like a business. Anybody has, even if I open up another business that has nothing to do with music, I still have to put money in it mm. in order for it to work for me. And there's no way I can go ahead and just put a business and say, hey, you know, I'm going to start a cleaning business tomorrow and um, with nothing. I'm just going to start a cleaning business and go out there and say, I'll have a cleaning business. No, you need products. You need the, you need, you need the licensing. You have to have the, you know, credentials. You have to make sure you have a maybe a website, you know, uh, a marketing team behind it to actually push you to make this business work. So all that is the same thing with the business in the music business. It's the same thing. The only thing is that you you're basically you're independent, so you have to invest in yourself. I say don't go the cheap route, you know. Cheap, you know what they say. It's like a shortcut. When you take a shortcut, you get cut short, and you don't want to get cut short in the business, you know. Because your first impression is your last impression, you know. Especially now with the social media, um, you go if you do something good, you're gonna get good followers, and they're gonna continue to follow you. But I tell you honestly, if you put something horrible out there, and a lot of people start seeing you, the more people that start seeing you and don't like it, the less chance you have. And you become you know? famous for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you go viral for the wrong reasons. Right. With <laughs> the the uh, and the other thing that that uh, is important to know is. Those of you who want to invest in yourselves, or when you hear these words, invest in yourselves, and it takes you know some money and and uh, and and time and energy and effort. Uh, that doesn't mean you go find someone that you call a manager and expect your quote unquote manager to pocket to to come out of pocket for everything. Manager is not a financier, <laughs> so a manager yeah. is not a sponsor. A manager handles your business. 
Your manager is your manager. And you know what's so funny? That I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, back in the days, uh, that's that was my uh, metaphors. That's what I thought because obviously, you know, I never did my homework, you know, um, when it came down to um, the, the insides and outsides of the business, right? So all I knew was just, hey, I can sing, I can do some, you know, rapping here and there, and I can produce. I can dance a little bit here and there. That's all I knew. So, you know, I thought that was good enough, you know what I mean? But when I started to learn the business and I didn't learn, I mean, I learned the hard way, to be honest, because obviously I had some managers out there and I, and I thought that they, their job is to actually pay for it, pay for everything. So I'm looking at him like, hey, are you not going to pay for this limo? Are you not going to pay for this thing? Are you not going to pay for that? I mean, you're my manager. And he's like, wait, you know, you're getting confused what a manager is about. You know, a manager doesn't do that. The manager basically manages your, your whole situation. You know, your money, wherever it comes from, you have to go get that guy and make sure he gives you that. So and if it. you don't have and if and don't jump don't uh you know if you don't have don't try and skip steps because if you don't have business to manage you don't really need a business manager at the time <laughs> okay yeah. Yeah, that's true <laughs> and, that is, and that's a mistake that a lot of people do now right now they're still doing that you know actually uh talking about that i don't want to mention the name of these artists but um one of the artists just told me hey um, I got a new manager. Um, and I say, uh, uh, for what? And, <laughs> and, and so the person says, well, um, I'm going to need a manager, right? And I said, well, when you have music on the platform and you're selling a lot of music and, you know, you have everything put together, most likely you're going to need, yes, you're going to need a manager to manage you, to manage all that. While you're doing performances and doing things, this person is managing everything, you know? But you're not, you know what I mean? You have two songs <laughs> and it's not even on the platform yet and you already have a manager i mean where is that money coming from well, how are you going to pay for him you know so that's important yeah you can't go out there and get in the manager when you don't need one you know that's a really good uh, point right there kyle